Amen. Well, I am so delighted to be preaching to you this morning for three hours. No, I'm not. <laughs> we have special guests this morning with us, and many of you know if you've been a part of Hillside, we have been connected with the nation of Rwanda truly through uh, a ministry that is flowing kind of out of Hillside, Apple of His Eye Charity. Someone say, woohoo. Yeah, our executive director, my daughter-in-law, is sitting in the front row. Yay. Uh, and, uh, but when, when Apple of His Eye showed up at Hillside and really made Hillside kind of their home church, there became a connection with Rwanda, and we were introduced to Pastor Emmanuel. And I know for me, when I first met Pastor Emmanuel, I mean, it was like our hearts were magnetically attracted, and we were like two peas in the pot. In fact, I shaved my head because his head is... <laughs> I said I want to be more like Emmanuel, <laughs> but I want to invite Pastor Emmanuel, Lewis, and Dick to come on up here, and they're going to be sharing this morning, and I'm going to introduce all three, but will you give a warm hillside welcome as they come? So let me try and share just in a nutshell, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dick, but... Pastor Emmanuel has had a vision in Rwanda for many, many years, and uh, you probably know his story. In 1994, there was the genocide that happened, and in a three-month period, uh, a, million, a million lives were taken, and it was just a brutal scenario. All of Pastor Emmanuel's family, except for his sister and mother, uh, were, were literally um, murdered, and uh, God radically saved our brother out of the country. It was an amazing, amazing story. And uh, he's had a vision connecting orphans and raising up and giving vocational training and giving the gospel, planting churches and so, so much more. And it's just two hearts. You know, there's a, there's a band called U2 and they sing a song, Two Hearts That Beat As One. And I'm like, ah, this guy's heart. He beats like mine. I love this. And uh, he was connected with a group when he came to Multnomah School of the Bible, Multnomah University to, to get his degree. And uh, from there, Rwanda Rise uh, was birthed. And Rwanda Rise is the stateside organization that's stationed out of Edmonds, Washington. And Dick uh, Hewling is up there, and he really helps run the show up there. He's in the office. He's making things uh, go, and he's managing, and he's doing some really, really great things. And so they are the arm that actually helps manage and make things possible on the ground in Rwanda. And my dear brother, Lewis, who I'll butcher his last name, so Lewis, go. Masingishu. Masingishu. <laughs> there we go. If you say it first, I can get it. Anyway, Lewis, Lewis and I met for the very first time back in February, and then again when I was there for the graduation. He is the executive director of the Hope Vocational Training School, and it is his first time in the United States. So let's give him another warm welcome. <laughs> Amen. He's away from his family right now, and God is doing great things uh, in the midst of all that he is connected. And he'll share a little bit in just a moment. But I wanted to say just a couple of things because there's, there is a way that every one of us can connect with Rwanda Rise. There is a clipboard, two clipboards that we're going to be passing around. And if we have a gala coming up that is, what's the date again? The 15th. So October 15th, and if you would like to come and see the gala, you can do it live on your computer, and you can be a part, and the clipboards are going to go around, so you just put your name and your email address, they'll send you a link, and you can be a part of that. It's going to be a, a great, great thing, and it's an opportunity just to pray for what God is doing, and then if you want to engage further, you can certainly do so, amen? But we have 250 students that will be graduating in November, 
So 250 more students. You know we were there in June. Kim and I were there in June, and we graduated 438 students. And now 250 more students are graduating, and we have graduation cards. We have graduation cards that everyone here could write a little congratulations on a card. There's a scripture on the inside, and if you write that and you leave those here today, we'll have them out in the lobby. And if you write one of those out, there's pens out there. Uh, just a word of encouragement, so proud of you, God bless you, could have a scripture. If the Spirit of God prompts you to say something, we believe that those will get into the hands that are supposed to receive those messages, and we can bless them with many graduation cards as they share in other churches as well. And so those will be in the lobby. Please take a moment. We'll pass the clipboards. But, Dick, I'm going to hand you the microphone, and you can greet the folks, and then we'll hand it off to Pastor Nick. Thank you for your warm welcome. Uh, we feel right at home here. Uh, this is my first time here, and, and uh, but we've met uh, Dave, and and he's been uh, at our board meetings in our office on Edmonds, and uh, so it's been a joy to have him as a part of us as a new board member. And uh, it's great to have Lewis here as well from Rwanda. We traveled to Rwanda. Of course, uh, Emmanuel is over there a few times a year, and, and we are over there a few times a year as well. And... Uh, uh, both Emmanuel is Emmanuel is kind of our liaison between the U.S. and Rwanda, so he's kind of the conduit for uh, getting things done and, and uh, all the communication and all the advice that he needs to give to us on how to raise money and, and uh, uh, the funds that we need to um, supply the programs and the construction that we're doing in, in Rwanda. Years ago... Um, I was administrative pastor at a large church in, in Seattle, and uh, a young man walked in, tall young man, and uh, they sent him to me. He was looking for office space for his nonprofit, and uh, we happened to have a few places that would be open, so they sent him to me, and I met Emmanuel for the first time, and he explained his, his mission, and, and uh, over the uh, years that uh, he had his office there in our facility, uh, I began to really understand his heartbeat and understand his passion and understand uh, his calling from God. And it kind of mirrored, and so th there was a kind of a kinship that I was feeling with, with Emmanuel as a, a called minister to what he was doing. And I remember my calling, and, I, and, and you know, over decades of ministry, uh, sometimes you're tired. Sometimes there are, are new wheels to invent, and sometimes there are difficulties, just like there would be difficulties in any life and any organization. But I remember my calling, and I remember the anchor that that has always uh, been to me. And, and, I, and I sensed that in, in Emmanuel. Well, I, I retired from church pastoral ministry in 2016 and uh, came to work for Rwanda Rise in 2016. And one of the things that drew me to the organization, as I've just said, was that calling, that sense. We pray every Monday morning, and, and there's a sense of all those that pray with us over the phone that God is in this. God, it, this is God's work. We're simply called to do whatever he tells us to do. Uh, if we fall on our faces, well, okay, God knows, and uh, he, he'll have to lift us up. And uh, if uh, we don't raise very much money, well, God knows, it's his, it's his thing, yeah. and we'll do the best we can uh, to obey him and to uh, plan and uh, catch his vision and to be a part of what he's doing. 2020 came, and all nonprofits everywhere 
wondered what we were going to do. <laughs> uh, because we meet with people, and we talk with people, and we have meetings, and, and we gather people together. And of course, uh, we couldn't do that like we were doing it before. So we invented Zoom, and, and like everybody else, and, and uh, we began to uh, figure it out. That was one of the highest years of revenue we've ever had. And God, God blessed us even in the difficulty uh, that uh, even the whole world was facing. And our campus did well. Uh, we had students come, and there were shutdowns, and then openings, and shutdowns, openings in Rwanda, in the school system. And uh, yet, we survived, and we trained the students uh, and graduated them out. So uh, God blessed. It's his enterprise. It's uh, what he's doing, and we have the privilege to be a part of it. So anyway, thank you. Thank you for greeting us uh, so warmly. Braho. That uh, means I in our national language. So uh, very excited to be home because this is now home. So <laughs> I'm very excited to be here and uh, glad to not come by myself now. I'm uh, with Luis Masengesho and uh, Dick uh, and the rest of the, the family. But uh, it is really um, an honor to see God move when we really allow him to move through us. So I want to introduce you, um, my uh, brother, my friend, uh, the executive director for uh, Hope Vocational Training Center. And uh, just to let you know, I met this guy when he was five years old. He's among uh, the nine orphans we started the ministry when I started, uh, when God gave me the vision. And uh, you can't really grasp the excitement I can really feel when I, I can stand with him right now in front of you because God have done marvelous. So welcome, Louis, and he can share with you. Wow. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here and very, very humbled to be here. So uh, in Rwanda, uh, we've seen many people coming from many churches. But I can tell you, there is something about Hillside Church. <laughs> we love Hillside Church. We love the team that came uh, in, in February. I mean, we love them very much. The, the, I mean, we, we have many people, Susan, Angela, Emma. I would like, I mean, to, to meet all of them here and you, all of you, also to invite you. I know I was going to say that last, but... Here it is. I want to invite you to come to Rwanda. We will be. And do as Pastor Dave did. Just hug everybody and come back home. <laughs> yeah. So um, part of my job in Rwanda is, is to supervise an orphan program, as Emmanuel said, that started a long time ago when I was five years old. 
I know uh, we now have uh, more than 200 students supported and uh, more than 110 through Up of His Eyes charity. I know many of you are part of that and I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. As I was growing up, I was supported by two sponsors. Um, one decided to be anonymous and that another one, I know her. Till today, we, 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 we communicate, we send emails and I'm, I'm really looking forward to meet her like, yeah, when, when God will allow. So I've kept, uh, they as they were talking about these little cards that you write, I just remembered that I kept a card that uh, she sent me um, in, in 2001. I still have it. <laughs> I still have it. One of the things that I can never throw away. Or, so to tell you that not only you sending these kids to school and uh, to provide finances for uh, other emotional care and, and medical care and others, but you're supporting a very needed emotional support. Yeah. Uh, to tell you the truth, many of the people in Rwanda were traumatized. So the parents don't have that emotional support or they're just busy and they know they have to provide food, shelter, and other responsibilities, but the emotional support, the talking about dreams of a kid, the just let kid be kid. So this is what you're providing to them through that program. So thank you so much. Yeah, I, I cannot find the right words to express that, but I'm sure you'll understand. So thank you so much, and you're doing a great job through Up of His Eyes Ministry. So adopt more, <laughs> invite friends to do more. I'm sure they'll be, they'll, they'll be rewarded in, yeah, in one way or another. So another thing is... Um, I also, um, part of my job is also to coordinate all the activities at Hope Vocational Training Center. So uh, Hope Vocational Training Center is a place that we, we teach vocational trainings, um, masonry, welding, hairdressing, culinary arts. Um, uh, did I say welding? <laughs> welding, sewing, and auto mechanics that is coming up. Uh, so um, many students and many children as they were growing up uh, because of the trauma, because of the problems in, in, in homes, they were not able to go through the normal education. And most of them, I will say that it was kind of a lack of motivation or they just lost sense of life. So as now they are growing up, they're becoming teenagers, now they're afraid they're gonna be trapped in poverty for the rest of their lives. So they come to us, we, te we teach them in, during one year, we try to equip them with uh, a skill, but not only a skill because we know they failed in other schools. So we need to add something, which is a, a, a spiritual care, which will be like an anchor for them to, yeah, to be able to, to recover the sense of life and, and also learn that skill so that they can make, make it in life. So um, we invite you to come visit the children. I mean, 
see them, we invite you to in, in, in their graduations. I'm sure Pastor Dave will be telling you. And uh, please, whenever you find an opportunity, come. Even if you just come and hug kids, it will be very useful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lewis. Um, you know, this ministry started uh, in 1996 when uh, I was going back home. It was, it was really tough. It was, uh, it was a struggle, actually, even to obey, to accept that I, I need to go back, you know. But when I got there, um, seeing what was happening and hopeless and helpless orphans on the street, and I was reminded about uh, what James first uh, 27 says about, uh, you know, in the Bible, that the true religion, which is going to please God, is to help orphans and the widows, and that was really alive when uh, I started this ministry, and I said, yeah, now I, I don't have any doubt that God is calling me to do this, I'm going to do that, but how? Because I was just coming in a country which, that was like two years after the genocide, it was still really dark and difficult, but from that really God showed me that this is the way to minister to these people and you left a reason and that was the reason for me to be there. So we started doing the ministry um, but when you go deeper in that verse uh, there are some uh, people don't really grasp the whole vision. When you talk about helping orphans and widows, yes, you can help them. You can share the love with them. You can really show Christ in them. But when you go deeper in that verse, it says, not being corrupted by the world. And that is uh, something that's really um, deep than what we, you know, rejoice. You know, we get pictures. We saw these kids um, get smile again. And, but how are we reaching them not being corrupted by the world? And that is what I need to Talk about a little bit, uh, because I think you are 100% agree with me that the world is corrupted. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but uh, uh, again, it's a true, because uh, I worked with uh, United Nations for five years. And this, when you talk about United Nations, that is a representation of the nations. Yes? Are you, uh, you agree with me? Yeah, but what I saw when I work with them, 
That is like the roots of the corruptions is just based in those systems. And that's where we, I, I was, you know, reminded and said, you know, this verse is very important. It's a key verse for really as a Christian to stand firm and then really have our identity in Christ, rooted in Christ. Because otherwise, the world going to corrupt you. And the surrounding will corrupt you. The family can even corrupt you. But when you are rooted in Christ, then you bring that to the light. Think and see that, you know, God says something because he knew the reason of saying it. People can, you know, be rejoicing and being involved in helping orphans and the widows, but still being corrupted by this world. So how we can make a difference? How are we going to do that? That when it will be a well done, when God will show us and God will tell us, yes, well done, because you are you were fa um, faithful to me and to what I said. So we really need to look twice that verse and try really to preach by actions. I didn't want to um, bring up just was just a little parenthesis. Uh, I want to, <laughs> to show some excitement. Uh, we, I think the last time I was here, we were able to talk about the project uh, of the building. We started together that project. I think the last time I was here and nothing was there. But uh, uh, you can see how really God is moving and we got to the first floor now because friends like you join us and we can make a difference. So that building is a building that uh, uh, we, we are really um, praying and hoping that uh, we're going to get uh, more classrooms. As uh, um, Brother Dev said, you know, in, in June we had uh, uh, 438 students who graduated, and then we're going to have uh, 250 in November. So um, we are growing. But growth bring challenges. So we need more classrooms to be able to accommodate all those in need who are coming to us. They need training. You know, uh, the youth are the future for the country. In a background uh, study of Rwanda, In 1994, youth were like a killing machines because they didn't have any discernment. They didn't have any knowledge. They were not educated. And the former uh, politicians with uh, ideology for the genocide, they were just corrupting their minds and they take them front to be a machine of killing. So to reverse that situation, that's what 
hope Vocational Training Center is doing now. We want to train them, to give them skills. I, I usually say that when the stomach is empty, it's hard to listen. You cannot pretend to bring the gospel to these youth when they are spending a day or two without any food on the table. So when we give them the skills, they can have a bright future for themselves, for their communities, and in general, for the nations. So investing in this youth, we really changing all the history background of those bad ideologies. And again, the best of uh, what we are giving them is not just on the skills. They are being transformed. They are embracing Christ, the true foundations that they can really rely on even when they are struggling, but they already built on the true foundation. So that's what I will really invite you to join me and we can really change the nations starting by Rwanda. We can do it. Because Jesus said, I will never leave you, we never forsake you. And the end of the earth is not right now. It's not right now. But we can make a difference. One orphan, one youth, one widow at a time. Can I hear amen too? <laughs> May God bless you. I love you. Praise the Lord. Um, when, you, when you see the mechanic building that is being built, when the team arrived in February, the very first day, and we got onto the campus at Hope Vocation, there was a field. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, well, let me ask it this way. How many of you have been trying to work in your yard and you can't seem to get the soil right because there's so many rocks in it. You're like, who put all these rocks here? <laughs> what is the deal? Well, I looked at this ground, and there was a group of men out there, and they were working with attics and uh, trying, to, trying to break this ground up. And there were areas where there was, like, concrete that were just, you know, large chunks of concrete also in this. Like something had been there once before, and then a bunch of bricks. And they're just breaking this ground up. And, I mean, they're bent over. And we got there in the morning. I'm like, this is an operation of futility. <laughs> what is going on here? And they said, just, just watch. Just watch. We came back that day, later the day, and there were piles of debris, stones. And these guys had worked like this all day long. And they didn't stop. And they didn't complain. And they were, some of them were bare feet. Some of them had flip-flops on. Some of them had sliders on. Some of them had shoes. I, I mean, it was, they all had hard hats on. They all had hard hats And it was hot. I mean, it was hot. And I thought, if I was over there, there's no way. These guys. 
I mean, 10 hours. And then the next day. And by the time we left, not only was that whole area just dirt, and the debris piles moved, so it was like they made a pile, then moved the pile, they started digging holes. In one day while we were gone, they dug holes that were eight feet by eight feet by six feet deep square in a pattern and a trough connecting every one of them. And then I happened to catch my eyes over here. There was another whole group of guys working on a bunch of rebar that had come in. And they were making baskets that were six by six. And they were cutting the rebar by hand with grinders and bending and folding. And by the time we got back on one of those days, they had made like 30 baskets. Six by six by, you know, a foot and a half deep all hand-wired, twisted on all of the connections, and they were like every square four inches, it was just straight rebar. I mean, it was, it was absolutely unbelievable. And there was about 50 guys putting these things together, and they were making these tower runs that they would lay down in there, and they were, I mean, they straightened the 40-foot sections of rebar that were, had been folded in half, and when they straightened them out, they used a tool that they had made out of rebar and when they straightened it, you could not tell that it had once been bent. And if you've ever tried to straighten a paper clip and get where there's no bend in it, that's just a smaller version of what they were doing on a large scale. And they did it perfectly. They did it perfectly and with excellence. And I, and I thought to myself, I looked at Emmanuel, I said, there's not, there's, not a, there's not a machine on this site. And these guys are going to put a building up. You saw all the lumber that was holding up the frames when they were pouring. They were mixing the concrete by hand. They had that mixer, and they're carrying it up. They don't have pump trucks that come in and suck it out of the back of the cement mixer. No, they're carrying the wet cement. and pour. I mean, it's, guys, it's unbelievable. And it's the men and women are the machine. And it's... It's the church doing the work. It's the works of the ministry, and they were pounded out. It was just absolutely amazing. There is a lot of opportunity before us. Today, the opportunity is to hear something more about the gala and connecting with the gala if you sign that sheet. And out in the lobby, there are those graduation cards, and our invitation is be a part. You heard Lewis say he still has his graduation card that he received in 2001, and the impact that that has had, one person taking time to fill out a card has changed the destiny or was part of the destiny being changed of a life now that is changing hundreds of people on a regular basis. And so thanks be to God. So we get to have that kind of impact in someone's life, in a student's life, in a child's life. And so I want to encourage you in that area. I will tell you, as we move forward, there are really opportunities for us in what I would consider three ways. Apple of his eye, charity, you heard Lewis say that we're at 120 students now that are, have been supported and they're now in private Christian school and they're getting that emotional support. They meet with Lewis and the team every Saturday. They get discipleship I mean, it's amazing. So you can hear more about Apple of his eye through Megan and uh, the operations that are happening. They even have a gala coming up, which is pretty exciting. But the second area is at the Hope Vocational Training School and what we're doing there, not only are we you know, helping the students, but we, there's parts that we are doing that are helping with the construction, and there's a church that's being built there. We're building a church that seats 550 to 600 people, and it's sitting right now, 
And I think we described the last time I shared about the church, in America, this building would be about $12 million. Uh, in Rwanda, it's, um, I think we're at the place where it's about 225 to 280,000 US dollars that's remaining on the work. We've expanded the front, we've pushed the front out about 20 feet, took a whole wall out and just moved the thing and they've already laid the foundation for it. I mean, it's amazing, it's just going. And uh, so there's pieces that will be connected with that, but we're believing God, amen, because legitimately the church is ready to be filled tomorrow. There's all, the people are already part of the congregation that will birth right there. We want to see the kingdom of, a, kingdom of God advance in Rwanda. And, you know, sometimes we say, like they did in Jesus' day, three months until the harvest. And Jesus is saying to us, look at the fields, they're white on the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers, for the fields are ripe. And the field is ripe right now. And we believe that we will be planting and helping to plant churches across the nation. We already have pastors that are lined up. We are working right now with a theological, an accredited theological college, uh, university out of Springfield, Missouri, to get an accreditation locally to where we can raise up and train pastors right at the Hope Vocational Training School. Those students who have the call of God on their life, they, they legitimately now will have a pathway where they can actually fulfill the call of God in their life and roll into accredited and really approved. The government has mandated that in order for you to be a pastor in Rwanda, in any religion, in order to be a pastor, you have to have a degree from an accredited college. We will be the only evangelical accredited Bible college in conjunction with the Pentecostal AG that is there, we will be an extension and be able to raise up pastors. And there's, there's at least 50 that are ready to go right now. They just, they just need a building and they have a church. And they don't, they'll have church even without a building. We'll set up a tent and we'll have church. But there are opportunities. There's an opportunity that has arisen even as late as the last month where <laughs> there's so much. I don't want to give you too much detail. But I'm just going to tell you, a church building for sale, 20,000 U.S. dollars. It's halfway between Hope Vocation and the Eastern Providence in, uh, I always say it wrong, Aruba, Mangari, in Chiron's, Chiron's. Uh, it's halfway there, and uh, so from Pastor Emmanuel and all we're doing here, and Pastor uh, Commanda, all we're doing out here in the Eastern Providence, right in the middle, uh, is this building. We already have a pastor trained and ready to launch. Mm -hmm. uh, 20,000 U.S. dollars to purchase this building. And it's, it's an amazing thing, but several in our congregation have already heard about it, and a matching gift is already being raised right now. You'll hear more about that uh, probably next Sunday. The goal is to have a $10,000 matching gift, and if you want to be a part of that, you just jump on board, and we'll see what God does. There, I leaked it. I leaked it out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, um, the rest of that verse, and not be corrupted by this world, and to be rooted. I remind you in our study in the book of Colossians, Paul writing to the church in Colossae said these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit guiding and directing and inspiring him to write. He wrote these words, and you therefore, as you have received... As you have received the Lord Jesus, he goes on to say, uh, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, listen, rooted, 
and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been as you have been taught abounding in it with all thanksgiving rooted and built up firmly established in the faith abounding with thanksgiving come on is that descriptive of where you are today to whatever measure You'd say, I want to be more rooted. I want to be more built up. I want to be more firmly established. I want to be more abounding with thanksgiving. You say, if on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 6 and I want to be a 7, you say, you know what? You're, you could be involved in this prayer this morning. Can I get an amen? If that's you, raise your hand and say, I want, I want to be included in this prayer. I want to move from where I am today and be more rooted, more established, more firmly established in the faith, and I want to be abounding in thanksgiving. Will you stand with me this morning? Let's pray and ask God to fill us fresh, anoint us and equip us. There is much to be done. There is much to be done. And we get the opportunity to be hands and feet and see what God does through us. Father in heaven, what a delight to have Pastor Emmanuel here with us, to have Dick Hewling, been in ministry his entire life, and now, Lord, uh, a part of this mission that we get to be uh, involved in in Rwanda, and certainly our brother Lewis, who, uh, Lord, you've done such a great work, and so much of his story has not been told today. And, uh, Lord, but God, how you took his life, and you oversaw and saw fit that he would be adopted. You saw fit that he would be cared for. You saw fit to see him come up through, and now he gets to be a part of seeing lives every single day being transformed. So God, thank you, and thank you that we get to be a part. There is, there is the commission that you have given to go into all the worlds and teach, to teach. And so, Lord, we want to teach, and we want to baptize, and we want to raise up. And so, God, help us to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth for your glory and for your namesake. Now, Holy Spirit, we say yes, we are candidates to be more rooted, to be more built up, to be more firmly established in the faith, and to be more abounding with thanksgiving to you. God, be glorified. Holy Spirit, come. Fill these earthen vessels fresh and anew. We pour ourselves out and say, less of me and more of you. May there be more room for more of you in us. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen. Amen.